I'm Nicole Matthews, corporate America dropout turned entrepreneur and owner of The Henley Company, an event travel and lifestyle management firm. It wasn't that long ago that I was dreading my drive to my fancy corporate job each day or felt disenfranchised with the work I was doing. In 2007, I jumped off the corporate escalator and directly into the elevator of opportunity. Today, I'm an author, speaker, educator, and serial asker. I wholeheartedly believe that your life changes when you start creating your own opportunities and making big asks. Hands down, the business and life I have today is 100% the product of giving myself permission to design the life I want to live. It was always my dream to work at the Olympics, and by making a big ask, that dream became a reality. I now have multiple Olympic projects to add to my life resume. I created the Big Ask Podcast to share these best practices with you. Whether you're an entrepreneur hungry for revenue-generating tips or an individual restless to make a significant change, the life you want to live could be just one big ask away. Get ready to be entertained by real life stories, no filter conversations, and inspired by the daily hustle. So let's get started. This is the Big Ass Podcast. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Big Ask Podcast. I'm Nicole Matthews, and I'm coming to you live from rainy San Diego today. They say it never rains in Southern California. That is a lie. <laughs> um, we're super excited when raindrops are falling on our heads here because it so rarely happens. That's but right. um, I am sitting in the offices of the San Diego Tourism Marketing District, and I have the esteemed pleasure of speaking to my friend and colleague, Colleen Anderson, who is the Executive Director of um, San Diego Tourism Marketing District. And we are going to have a fantastic conversation about tourism and the hotel industry and trajectory of careers and being women in the hospitality industry. So I'm super excited and it's my great pleasure to welcome Colleen to the show. So welcome Colleen to the Big Ass Podcast. Thank you. I am thrilled to be invited and to speak and offer any insight I can. Awesome. Good, good. Well, we were just talking before I hit the record button about our early days of meeting when... Um, the Omni Hotel here in San Diego opened and you reminded me that was 2004. Yeah. And um, at the time I was uh, an in-house event planner for a major law firm here in San Diego and you were um, the director of Director of Catering. catering. Convention Services. That's yes. right. Yes. That's right. And so we did a hard hat tour of the beautiful new hotel and um, became one of the first clients there at the property. So yes. we go way back. We've both grown up in the hospitality industry. Yeah, so very special place. It, that is, that is. So um, let's talk a little bit about what your current role is. So kind of the 32nd who is Colleen, just to kind of lay foundation for anybody who doesn't know um, what your current job is, what your current role is, and then we're going to move backwards and come back forward again. Okay, so, great. okay. Yeah. So, well, as you mentioned, we have a lot of time at the Omni, which I'm sure we'll talk about in mm-hmm, a few minutes. Mm-hmm. But as of September of 2018, I made a career switch and I am now the executive director of the San Diego Tourism Marketing District. And a lot of people look at you funny. And say, well, what is that? <laughs> and uh, the Tourism Marketing District in San Diego operates very much like a business improvement district, but the focus is on marketing San Diego to bring out-of-town uh, guests back to the hotels that pay into this assessment and this fund. Okay. So my role 
is very much uh, to keep the board of directors informed so that they know what they're voting on and funding mm -hmm. and having all the necessary information, uh, what's happening in the political arena as it relates to tourism. Um, and by also keeping all of our hotel members educated, we have about 180 hotels that pay into the assessment. And the way that is done is on a um, your nightly checkout bill, or the, mm -hmm. when you check out, mm -hmm. you pay a percentage uh, of 2% uh, to the market assessment. So all those funds are managed. We just decide and develop an action plan about how we're going to attract new incubating events for San Diego. Mm -hmm. And then we go through an application process process every year. So it's it's a repeat cycle, but it's wonderful right. to have new events come to town. And that's been a, a, a learning for me just in this few minutes we've been together is you you think of it, the TOT tax is something that sort of benefits the city, mm -hmm. but which it does, of course. But then you're talking about this incubator that you have for brand new events that are coming into the town. That's right. That ultimately would be securing hotel rooms, right? That's your ultimate goal in our the end. end goal is hotel room nights yep. to come and, and increase our overall profitability and tourism in San Diego. Right. So if I'm a, a, a visionary in events, which of course I am. Yes, you are. <laughs> we know this, of course. <laughs> and I have an idea for this little thing called Comic-Con coming to San Diego a few years ago, right? That could have been something that was brought to the incubator. I mean, I know that's been around a long time, so not a great example, but still, if, if today was the day I decided the Comic-Con needed to be a thing, right. that could be something I bring to the incubator yes, I mean, and you could support. That's right. The convention center, you know, they have their own standing rotation of conventions so mm -hmm. they operate on their own. When I think of Comic-Con, I think mm -hmm. of them, but mm -hmm. in the early days, certainly. I mean, an example, mm -hmm. we're in funding cycle right now for 2020 because we okay. operate on the fiscal year for the mm -hmm. TMB. And one example without, you know, going into too much detail because it's not out yet, but there's a music festival that wants to come back to downtown. And so they're, they're pitching us in the board for release of funds to be able to help get that off the ground. Because okay. it's a pretty big undertaking when you're in the, a city environment sure, like this. Sure. It's very exciting, though. And, the, and we educate in, uh, all of our applicants to look at off-peak dates, right? Mm -hmm. Because in San Diego, I don't know that we need a lot of uh, marketing initiatives towards uh, June, July, and August. Right. right? So <laughs> we push them more toward the shoulder seasons, around mm -hmm. the holidays, or December when it's a non-big convention month, or just peak dates that would work well between the convention cycle. Now, it isn't all about downtown. I need to make sure I'm being clear about that because there are TMD paying hotels that are all through the area, right? Mm -hmm. And up through uh, into into areas of North County, um, up up and around the downtown area in Mission Bay, Mission Valley. So it benefits all of us if we're able to increase all the activity sure. in San Diego. Absolutely. It must feel like marketing San Diego isn't probably a job that doesn't seem very hard, but I know there's complexities to that. So uh, compared to colleagues that might hold a position like yours in other markets, what sets San Diego apart? What makes it easier to sell and more difficult to sell? Well, obviously, the no-brainer answer is going to be our weather, right? Mm -hmm. Everybody in the world knows that we have a nice microclimate here. Not today. It might not sell <laughs> so well, but that's okay. It's one of these needed rain days. Yeah. It's funny you ask because recently we've been having a lot of dialogue about how we do a better job against our major competitive cities. Um, I don't want to give them too much airtime, right? Mm -hmm. Because this is about San Diego. Right. We have a, a need to develop new uh, infrastructure in our city to be able to, to compete. Mm -hmm. Anaheim, they do an amazing job, right? Mm -hmm. They have mm -hmm. their new attractions opening all the time. The city is very supportive of their actions. But with San Diego, our inventory is increasing all the time. We have mm -hmm. new hotels coming up. Mm -hmm. But the demand, we have to stimulate demand. And how do you do that in a limited footprint? What do you do? What kind of things can you do? And until we figure out what's happening in the city as a whole with the convention center, which is another mm -hmm. focus that some of the tourism leaders are definitely driven to, to, to finish, um, is let's get some activity of action events that mm -hmm. come through here, right? Mm -hmm. To bring people from out of town. So I think we have the baseline weather, we have the great location, um, 
we have to enhance that. We have right. great food and wine, uh, mm-hmm. food and beer, more with the wine, but wine's good too <laughs> yeah. um, in this area. And we just need to make sure we do a great, great job of showing um, all the exposure to all the different sub districts mm-hmm. of San Diego, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's so many great um, ethnic, you know, sorry, you know, ethnic uh, opportunities and yeah. areas for food and culture mm-hmm. that we just need to do Balboa Park. How do we better emphasize that? But right. our, our colleagues and, and competitors, I think, have a little bit better organization in terms of their overall footprint and tourism activity. Sure. Yeah, I mean, we need to be known more than just the beach town, right? I mean, there definitely is more to San Diego. I'm, I'm born and raised. I've lived here almost my entire life. Um, you know, people, when you meet people from out, oh, you must go to the beach every day, all the day, you know, and you're like, no. I hardly ever go, I hardly ever go to the beach. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You know, I go to the beach in other places around the world mm-hmm. more than I go, you know, to the beach that's 12 miles from my house. So um, so there definitely is more to offer in San Diego than just, just the beach. But I think people sort of just see you know, again, weather, beach, tropics, that kind of that's right. thing, but that's only going to sustain us for so long, that's right? right? So, so um, the craft beer industry is huge here now in San Diego, yep. um, and a lot of exciting events happening around that as well. And Balboa Park, as I mentioned, I think that's an untapped mm-hmm. resource, and I know there's a lot of great conversations happening at City Hall now and, and different districts to really pull together to create a great campaign around that, because mm-hmm. it is such a beautiful uh, location, and, and opportunities are, are really just waiting. Yeah. Yes, definitely. So let's step back, though. Mm-hmm. That this you didn't come out of the womb as the executive no, director, as they say. It's still new days for me. Yes. <laughs> so um, I know um, the majority of your professional life up to now has been with the Omni Hotel organization. So just talk a little bit about where did you start? Like, what was job one for you mm-hmm. with Omni, and then what kind of was your career trajectory? to ultimately being the general manager at two properties, right? San Francisco and San Diego. Diego. That's correct, mm-hmm. yes. Um, Omni I started with in 04. Um, I had been a director of catering conference services with a couple of other chains in town. Um, a friend of mine, and, and then was my boss, had asked if I'd come and open that hotel with her um, in 2004. And I was terrified of an opening project mm-hmm. because, you know, like you, you never do it. You've never done yeah. it, so how do you know? Um, but I also knew that it would be a once-in-a-lifetime thing if I could get that experience, and it certainly was, not just mm-hmm. the memories that we've made the clients like mm-hmm. you that we're able to establish relationships with, but just being part of what that takes in the, in the hotel environment. Um, so director of catering conference services from 04 to about 07. And that was great. And at that point, things started to say, okay, I've done this job now mm-hmm. a few times. Mm-hmm. Um, getting ready for my next thing. Un- unbeknownst to me, I didn't really know what that was. I just started feeling the inertia shifting yep. around it. Mm-hmm. And that led to one of my first asks. Okay, so, good. We want to know about that. Yes, yes. <laughs> So um, ultimately, then you leave San Diego and you go to San Francisco, right? Well, I was there um, backing up to the ask. I think that that's important because that's really what put me on this new trajectory. After being in the sales world, which catering conference services is, as you well know, mm-hmm. um, I was really motivated to get a little more exposure on the operations side. Okay. So my boss at the time, general manager, uh, was looking for a director of operations. And I was involved as a senior leader of the team to do some interviewing of people coming through for that job. And as I was meeting with them, <laughs> I thought, I could maybe do this job. Actually, mm-hmm. I know I could do this job. Now, I didn't have a lot of the technical skills behind it, necessary, if you were to look at what what you're required to do as those roles. But I asked him for a shot. And he trusted me and he knew I'd figure out a way Mm-hmm. to do what I needed to do to cross mm-hmm. into the director of rooms. Okay. So that was my main path to the GM role path, right? Okay. So director of catering conference services to director of rooms. Okay. And then I went up from there. So let's pause on that ask because okay. I, I yeah. definitely don't want to just no, no, gloss no. over that because right. that's an important thing. So there you are interviewing people and that inside voice is like, wait a minute, 
I can totally do this. And I've, I've had this happen in my life too, where you're like, why am I not doing this? Right. right? Why am I creating this opportunity for someone else? Right. Um, so how did you formulate that ask? Mm-hmm. Like you obviously sat with your general manager at the time and were you prepared with, here's my stats, here's my successes, or was it more just a casual conversation? Like let's, let's for somebody who's sort of in that place where they think, Oh, I could maybe ask for that. Right. What was your process for sure. that? Well, I also had the exposure knowing that because the hotel team was so connected and everyone was aware of how their performance and their relationships lined up, mm-hmm. um, in the absence of that position that was vacated, I was sort of stepping in as a mentor in other areas. So my reach became a little greater in terms of my support. Um, I think that gave me a little more visibility. So when I sat down with my boss at the time, he was very supportive and aware of how much I'd stepped in mm-hmm. above and my mm-hmm. own tasks. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was able to use that as a baseline into the conversation. But I think my biggest um, attention getter with him was saying, look, I know what I don't know. What I do know is I know how to lead a team and I know mm-hmm. how to manage people's expectations mm-hmm. and how to bring them in and get them motivated. Mm-hmm. Um, this other stuff is just a, a tiny little bit, right? Yeah. Um, do you trust that I can perform? And he did. I didn't need to show stats, but he, you know, he was going to keep me tight under his wing sure. as he should have. Right. And that's, right. that's how I got that first launch. Right. For anyone who's never worked in a hotel, mm-hmm. what, what is life really like working in a hotel? Cause I always imagine it to be like you run a little city basically. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, and I, and I look back at my career and I think that's probably the one piece where I wish I would have spent just a little, like a season in a hotel. I always come from to the hotel world from the outside. Sure. Right. You know, I, I work with your position right. in the hotel, but I'm not in the hotel. So what's the realities of working in a hotel really like? It, it is very much like a little city. I mean, I think, that, you know, you, I think in a healthy culture hotel, you feel a lot of interaction between all of the the departments Mm -hmm. and divisions, because like in any corporate sort of setup, you have your sales people, you have your financial people, you have your food and beverage people in Mm -hmm. some cases, and not always do those worlds mix or Mm -hmm. get to know each other well. Um, I think the unique part of my experience has been where I'm involved. I need to feel connected to all of those people. So anyone working with me by default tends (laughs) to get a little more exposure. So I don't, I couldn't say how many hotels operate, although I've heard when they come to Omni, wow, we didn't really know each other like we do here. Yeah. So I think that for me was the big difference. And I think it's it's a daily operation. You know what you're doing. You're here to serve a guest, mm-hmm. right? That's the end game for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you start kind of getting focused on other tasks outside of just making sure that best experience is out there for people, that's mm-hmm. when things get a little sidetracked. So yeah. if you can keep that basic mission, people seem to get more motivated quickly right. as opposed to getting sidetracked into where else could I go with this. A right. um, lot of opportunity for development in hotels mm-hmm. as well as I'm a perfect example of, mm-hmm. but I was also able to help grow and, and nurture a lot of people into complete career switches. And sure. I think that's exciting in hotels yeah. because you have so many within one building. Right. So do you think that that is your success is because obviously you're talented and great at what you do, but do you think a lot of your success is because you've asked for that success too, in terms of asked for a promotion or asked for a new opportunity, you haven't necessarily sat and somebody came to you and said, no, we'd like to approach you about this. Um, I think it's a both. both. The timing of, I was asked to kind of go out and consider a position prior to me being ready to leave San Diego. Mm-hmm. And I did honestly hit the, the pause button on it. I, I just felt in my gut and I can't ever overlook that. It wasn't the right time. Mm-hmm. And maybe it was um, me feeling I needed to build a little more experience and confidence within mm-hmm. before. But when the time was right, the ask was easy. Yeah. Um, and then before that I knew, look, if I kept saying no, they're going <laughs> to stop asking. Yes. <laughs> so, I think it was um, a rec- it was a good decision at the right time good. to go to San Francisco, and that uh, came after a few mm-hmm. moves in Omni San Diego, and I went to my first GM job up there, which was incredible. Yeah, 
very scary. Yeah. So what is that like now when you're suddenly the captain of the ship, right? Yeah. In a different environment. I mean, I, I, uh, that hotel was incredibly successful. The number one in guest service in the hotel, really high, you know, average daily rate. And I thought, wow, there's only one thing I could do and that's screw it up. <laughs> right. I mean, so in reality, I was, the pressure was already built sure. in, but it was also not just about me. Mm-hmm. The last thing it was about me is actually just supporting the team that was already doing it. Right. Mm-hmm. So getting up there and just really understanding how they all operate and where I could add benefit mm-hmm. um, didn't try to change much because honestly there wasn't a lot that needed changing. Yeah. Um, it was just a very competitive marketplace with a very group of seasoned professionals. Yeah. Um, I learned a lot. It was a union hotel. I hadn't had any experience mm-hmm. in that before. Um, so I had a lot of really patient teachers yeah. um, to help me with that because for me it was a little bit com- different approach to work. Yeah. And just so people understand San Diego is not a union town um, on a large scale basis. Correct. We're right? not we on have, a large scale. Right. We have a couple of, of properties that are um, that have unions, but for those of us in the event industry, it's such a luxury to work in a market where we don't have a union, um, just because it makes our life a little bit easier. I mean, we can certainly have a whole discussion about yes. the, the strengths and weaknesses <laughs> of unions, and that's not what we're talking about. But just from an event logistics standpoint, it is always easier to work in a non-union hotel. So yes, it must have been a huge learning curve on look, how do you how do yeah. you add this extra element, this requirement. Well, and I think in that hotel, because Omni's culture is really strong. Um, they were happy to work for the company. And so they were happy to be a part of that team so that mm-hmm. I think the union was just a secondary layer to who these people were. They mm-hmm. were hospitality professionals, no matter what. Yeah. So that made it very, a nice learning ground for mm-hmm. me. Um, yeah, it was a great three years. I yeah. had an amazing experience up there. What do you think your biggest takeaway just personally was kind of growth? If you could say a personal layer to your professional growth, what, what did those three years in San Francisco give you? I, it was a challenging time to manage senior leaders. I think when you come in, as the general manager and you have people that have been in their roles for a while as other members of the executive team and there's a performance challenge um, to manage that was was tough because I've always been very very spoiled at Omni San Diego with mm-hmm. really great performing teams mm-hmm. um, and San, San Francisco had to require a few position changes um, and a lot of conversations and growing and knowing that wow no one's going to do this if I don't mm-hmm. um, and it was a tough one whenever you have to manage challenge performers it's, yeah. it's difficult and it, I'm, I'm a person who feels that. So I, it took, I took it home with me a lot. Right. And it's just learning how to balance that out. But as far as growth, you know, you know, it's a business and Mm -hmm. you have to take care of the people for them to take care of you. Yeah. How do you think your role as um, a woman in a leadership position has helped or has there been any hindrance to that? I mean, have you ever noticed that you're the woman in the room, if you will? Has that ever really kind of crossed your mind? Uh, It has, not just in the hotel. I think in active um, groups that I've been members on the board Uh or um, there's not very many hotel uh, general managers that are female. I mean, it's still a very small percentage, really, when you look at it. Um, So yes, I definitely have noticed it. Um, When I was coming up the ranks in Omni, you know, I was a director of catering conference services that I moved up and I would go to these meetings and I could see the general managers that had been established in Omni for quite some time sort of looking at me like the kid, the new kid on the right, block, right? right? What is she, you know, she doesn't have any experience. Yeah. And so it took a few years, right, honestly, within my peer groupings to sort of be heard. Mm-hmm. Um, now they were never disrespectful, let me be clear, but it was just, it's funny. It's its not certainly something you see when um, other general managers come into the room that are male. There's a more of an easier acceptance. Yeah. Um, so I have found that and I was recently asked this by a lot of students that were interviews doing their senior yeah. interviews yeah. and uh, had I felt any of that and I would say not not aggressively or overtly it was right. just more of a, a subliminal thing yeah I can only point to um, I think two instances in my career one when I was at the law firm where 
I was like, oh, oh, I'm the only woman at the table. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't just like counting heads and going, oh, I'm truly the only physical woman at the table. But but the conversation that I was a part of and that was directed was very much like, oh, really? Like Mm -hmm. to the point where I was I write about in my book when I was negotiating my salary and then I was asked, what was I doing? And I was like, I'm negotiating my salary. And it was sort of like, you need to understand what your place is. Mm -hmm. And it was, it was just one of those moments. Cause I've always believed like, if I'm at the table, I'm at the table. Like I've never really felt like the woman at the table. I've been very fortunate in my career to feel that way. And it was that one, it was kind of that one defining day where I was like, oh, I am the woman at the table. Mm-hmm. This is interesting. Yeah. Yeah. This is interesting. So um, fascinating, though, that women in general are not general managers kind of across the industry. It's pretty surprising, Isn't honestly. Interesting. Yeah. It's when you, I mean, I think San Diego is doing a pretty good job. There's a mm-hmm. few now, but honestly, it's it's a very, very small percentage. And, um, and I think a lot of it has to do, you know, it's a very tough balance. You know, mm-hmm. I think part of my reason for changing careers when I did now is I do have a young family. Yeah. And you can't feel like you're hitting it out of the park mm-hmm. on either side of that fence. And that's not just not in hotels, but hotels don't close. So yeah. there's that one unique right. piece, right? And they don't right. celebrate most holidays. Right. <laughs> right? It's like, so you always feel you're letting someone down. Sure. And I think that I, I know a couple of gems in town that have young families and yeah. I know I get that struggle and it's right. maybe not as hard if one of the partners can stay home, but that's, that's a nice thing that right. happens. Right. right. Yeah. That's interesting. Okay. So then you're in San Francisco yep. and then the opportunity to come back to San Diego presents itself. Well, I chose it. Oh, you did? That was another okay. ask that okay. we can chat about. Ooh, because good. this one, I had had my first child in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. And um, my husband and I at the time, his family was living here in San Diego. And we realized that San Fran is amazing it is. And I will always love it dearly. Um, it wasn't really sustainable to raise children, right? Mm-hmm. We lived in the city and the cost at that point was so much different than San Diego. Yeah. We're catching up with. <laughs> um, we decided to make a move back to San Diego. And I started looking. And Omni had my old job back. <gasps> Pause, gasp. Why would yeah. you? ever step back, right? Well, I asked to step back because I needed to, and part of it was because I wasn't able to get to the salary level I needed to in San Francisco. So there was that moment of pay me my worth. Uh I know what the the market's paying Okay, or I'm going to need to step out. And that was where we were. Um, They weren't thrilled with my ask to come back because what GM does that, right? It wasn't, you know, it was successful by the measures of which you were measured. Um, But there was an opportunity because the gentleman who had replaced me initially was leaving. And I thought, I think my ego can handle this for the right reasons. It's really my priorities, my family at this mm-hmm. point. Mm-hmm. And I figured at the end of the day, it may work out again that I'd have another opportunity in San Diego. Wouldn't that be great to be a GM? Yeah. So I took my old role back. Which is the director of operations. Operations. And I came back like I'd never left, right? Because mm-hmm. the people were still yeah. there. My, right. you know, what my old boss is still right. my old boss. And um, it was great. I mean, I, I think I had to really check the whole expectation of, okay, I don't have the pressure of the top decision maker, but I also need to respect the process and not yeah. sort of jump to conclusions, which are jump to action, which is my thing, which I like to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did that for about, I don't know, almost a year. And then baby number two came along. Mm-hmm. So the timing actually worked out great. And then while I was on maternity leave with baby two, the GM opportunity came open wow. for San Diego. Amazing. So I ended up back ultimately where I think I wanted to be. Okay. 
but it was a strange path. Yep. Very strange. People still can't believe I did that. <laughs> <laughs> you step back intentionally. Sometimes you have to, to yeah. step forward. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No shame in that game. Right. You know, because like you said, your priorities had shifted a little bit. You needed to be more family focused than career focused. Doesn't mean you're not still amazing at what you do. Right. But you needed to make that right step That's back right. for your family. And we did. Yeah. Good. What about your husband in terms of all of this moving and shaking and everything? Has his, does he work independently? He does. He's okay. a financial advisor. So okay. he's able to, he's able to set a schedule and obviously, you know, West coast, East coast time difference. He's done earlier in the day okay. uh, with the markets closing um, on the East coast timeline. And uh, it did help us. He was able to work from home, mm-hmm. um, which drove him a little crazy. Yeah. And now he's in an outside office, which is much better. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think we had to have that flexibility sure. um, with one of us because as I said, especially as a first time GM in San Francisco, I needed to be there as much as I physically and possibly could. Sure. Right. And, um, and same with when I came back to San Diego and it's just been a, a good partnership in that he's able to be more available for pickups last minute or yeah. sick children or, right. um, the things that happen. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about that balance mm-hmm. because, you know, I, I'm not having children of my own, but I always hear women, you know, say this work-life balance thing, you know? And so how do you, I mean, you, you touched on earlier that you don't think it really exists, right? You can't be great at both at the same time. Um, and I think that's okay too, too. right? Because I think, um, you are career driven. you you like to be successful. You mm-hmm. like to be a contributor and that makes you probably a better mom, right? Because you're happy right. in the work that you're doing, right. my assumption. Yeah. Um, and so how have you sort of navigated, it sounds like you have a great partner in, in parenting, but mm-hmm. how have you navigated that sort of gap between professional and mom? Yeah, it's, um, it's evolving every single day. Yeah. <laughs> Even now, um, I think for me, it, it came down to how much time, you know, physical time in a space is one thing when you're, it's presence. Like mm-hmm. that, the hot word right now is being present, right? And right. being in the moment. And I would find toward the end of my time at Omni that I was not present at home. Mm-hmm. I was either looking at my phone, which is my biggest pet peeve now, um, and not focusing on my little funny little boys, yeah. right? Not they're always well cared for. <laughs> Don't <Yes>. misunderstand. <laughs> yes. But you know, I, I know I'm going to look back at time and realize. I missed a lot because I was worrying about something so silly that mm-hmm. wasn't really relevant at the moment mm-hmm. and who I was letting down at the hotel by being home on a Saturday morning instead of being there. And right. so that to me, I finally realized I love the, f- the phrase work-life balance, but I don't think it's fair to yeah. expect it. Sure. And I think that if you can be really doing great in your work, then life will switch back eventually. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's mm-hmm. kind of how I roll with this now. This job allows me a little more balance. I would say a lot more balance. And I'm grateful for that opportunity, mm-hmm. especially right now with my children being young. Um, but there's moments that I, I crave that crazy and you're yeah. an event planner. So you know what I'm yeah, talking about. Yeah, yeah. And I find it and I just do it other ways, right? With right. kids activities or over committing at school or yeah. <laughs> doing the things that we do. Right. right. Um, but there is something about that constant pace. Um, yeah. but I think the professional side at some point has to, has to just take a second seat to the personal and when that need is greater mm-hmm. and it just kind of goes back and forth. Yeah. Cause you do, you have, you have little guys. I mean, they're six and four, six and four. I mean, yeah. those are, you know, maybe as they get a little more independent and you know, as they get older that, you know, the, the, the pendulum can shift back for you exactly again. But exactly. like you said, in this season, this is what, you know, this is where you need to be. So let's talk now about your new role. We touched sure. on that just a little bit, but what interested you in terms of leaving, um, 
the general manager is kind of the pinnacle of in the hotel industry, right? Yeah, and so, is. you know, ultimately you would have left for probably a bigger market to be a general manager in, you know, a bigger property mm-hmm. that I would assume is mm-hmm. the trajectory. Um, but you didn't. You, you've gotten off the general manager um, merry-go-round now. So now you're here in a more sort of traditional um, profession, mm-hmm. if you will. Working hours. Working hours, <laughs> right. right? Like you said, I mean, the hotel never closes and people don't really appreciate that if you're not in the hotel. Mm-hmm. So what what drew you to, I knew you had been on the board for the yes. organization. Yes. And then obviously this opportunity presented, but what intrigued you to make that move from kind of the, the position you had worked so hard to achieve, sure. had accomplished, and now we're ready to make that move? Yeah, and I had great insight, right? Because the, my old general manager, uh, Brian, he had been the executive director of the TMD. And as I was a board member, and he and I were great friends, so I would hear a lot about how he liked the role and what was unique or interesting about it. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of protocols that you follow that you don't sort of color outside the lines too much, but there's so many opportunities, I think, for us to improve organization and communication within channels within the city mm-hmm. and in the tourism industry. Mm-hmm. And for me, I think I'm a fixer. That's my that's my gig. I like, uh, when I think about hotels and um, communication problems between departments, I would jump at those opportunities to try and mend and fix. Um, I think I might have missed a calling to be an ambassador sometimes. Uh, I think there's a part of me that really loves that part of uh, work. So when this position was open and Brian was making the decision to go back to hotels, because he missed the teams, and I get that, right? There's a lot to be said for the leadership of great people and how they contribute to you and your life. Um, But I was compelled to to investigate it. And, you know, I was worried, right? How do you leave this pace at that prestigious, Mm -hmm. quote unquote, Mm -hmm. air quotes here, position um, to be in, in another prestigious position, but by yourself? Because largely I'm solo a lot. And I work closely with my neighbors in this office, but at the same time, you know, the board of directors is my my main um, communication. And so I decided, okay, what can I do to make this a little bit more unique? And, And the opportunity for me is how do we better educate all of San Diego, not just the people in hotels that run hotels or that are, you know, in city council that understand tourism, but the general public. What does mm-hmm. this fund do? Mm-hmm. And that's what we're working on right now. I've been in the job since September. We're working on some new PR opportunities to really get out to the districts that make up San Diego mm-hmm. that may not just be gas lamp focused, right? right? But everywhere. Why is this important to you? Maybe you work in a hotel and maybe you work in the industry. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't it be great if we were really promoting San Diego to develop business to keep you busier? Right. And I think that's a really important message that we have um, not quite gotten out there yet. Mm-hmm. So there, there's an opportunity there. So that's exciting. We have a PR per, firm partner that I work mm-hmm. closely with. Um, and also just the organization of keeping us on track for all of the, the um, deliverables and due dates we have to make sure our, our funding application process is moving forward. Yeah. So talk a little bit about what, what is um, the activation of Experience San Diego and the Destination 2040 Master Plan? Okay. Well, the big part of that uh, had to do with um, a lot of industry industry, you know, experts that got together under Brian, uh, his leadership as exec director, and talked about what we can do to develop and grow TOT by year 40, what mm-hmm. that looks like, 2040. And that's a huge undertaking, yeah. but it's doable, right? It's definitely doable if we keep our intention and motivation going. Um, the first installment of part of that was a release from uh, a reserve that the city's been holding of a legal reserve at the time the TMD was being under a few lawsuits mm-hmm. that are finally, thank goodness, cleared up. Okay. So now we have more opportunity to spend some of this okay. money. 
Um, and we went after some money to release toward uh, developing initiatives in China, which is an untapped market for travel, uh, to draw them to San Diego and get them educated. There's more to California than just LA and yep. San Francisco, right? Uh, right? And some other uh, direct uh, marketing toward LA to help really reinvigorate the LA folks about why San Diego is still a great getaway. Mm-hmm. Uh, because you know that you need to constantly market in your backyard. Yes. And then uh, the Balboa Park that I mentioned. So these are big initiatives. You may have seen the National Geographic series about mm-hmm. San Diego. So mm-hmm. that was part of this Experience San Diego umbrella for Destination 2040. So uh, China being an untapped market, where do you see the biggest, um, what country brings the most to San Diego? Oh, great question. <laughs> I think right now we're, we have had a lot of direct flights from Germany, Switzerland. Yep. We've developed both of those as airlift. Yep. Um, I'd have to double check the fact. I, th- I want to say the UK is still the biggest yeah. pr- you know, producer right. for us, right. but it's more about how do we reach a new audience, mm-hmm. right? Because if you're in Europe, you have a lot of great options, right? Sure. So to San Diego and of course the lift we have and the, and the, uh, the easy bil- ease to get into it out of our airport is a challenge that we work closely with. I know. The, I know. The airport it's, authority. So. It's precious, but a pain at the same time, yeah. right? The fact that we can land right here in the middle of San Diego Bay, practically. Exactly. But the, the limitations that that really holds, it's, um, I know from just kind of talking to the, you know, citizens of San Diego, the whole convention center debate is always, you know, why do we, we have a big enough convention center, why do we need to add on? And it, and I think when people don't understand, it's not just the tourism industry that Im, that's impacted, but it's just that whole multiplier effect, right? So if you own a restaurant or you're in the taxi business or you own a boutique, mm-hmm. Right, you need more people coming through your city to utilize those services. That's right. Um, so it's not just oh, the tourism industry benefits from an extension of the convention center, but it really is the city and whole as a whole. Absolutely, you, know? you mentioned. I mean, there's a clarifying, I think, point to make is that the TOT is a tax, right? And that's attached to every every stay, every bill. Uh, the TMD is an assessment, right? Mm-hmm. So that's completely marketed differently and handled differently in terms of what they what they're used for, but the convention center expansion, any hotel growth will contribute to both of those, right. which will help all of us. And I yep. think the compression, that's a hotel, you know, a, mm-hmm. a hospitality word that we use. If downtown is busy, um, and I think people get frustrated because it's all downtown centric sometimes mm-hmm. or feels that way, but the overflow all the way to North County, to Del Mar is felt, right? Mm-hmm. And beyond in some cases for some of these conventions. So the larger the convention, the better the reach. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's an area that the ed public could do a better job of understanding. Yeah, for sure. What about large-scale things like um, Olympic bids? Mm. Um, I've now had the privilege of working three Olympics and having seen what it takes for a city to put on an Mm -hmm. um, Olympic-level games. When I heard uh, a few years ago that San Diego was sort of noodling this idea for a bid, my initial response was, we don't have the public transportation to support an Olympics. Because people don't understand you don't drive to the Olympics. Right. Like, there's no parking structure no. at the, no. the Olympic Park. <laughs> right. That's not a thing. Right. Um, and so we're so limited on our public transportation here in San Diego that, I, you know, I see that that could affect missed opportunities Absolutely. or become missed opportunities for, for big projects like the Olympics. I mean, weather-wise... Um, you know, we should we'd be at the top of the list for a summer games. Absolutely. But having now seen what it takes to put on an Olympics, yes, I always think, oh, San Diego's not quite there yet. That's so, right. what kind of com- are you hearing more conversations about Olympic bids? And I haven't heard Olympic specific, but there is a presentation that we heard last week for the 
um, World Beach Games, uh-huh. which is part of a sub under the Olympic Committee. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and they are coming in October of 2019. It's mm-hmm. Mission Bay focused, uh, but they've asked for some support. And I don't know what the outcome of that will be, but I understand that's happening regardless of the support. Mm-hmm. So, but that's a lot of legwork into that ground. It's ANOC is the, is the catchphrase, uh-huh. you know, an association of the National Olympic Committees. Uh-huh. I think that's right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I know they're coming with a group of delegates to San Diego for a big meeting. So that'll be great exposure uh, for future opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. But until we fix our public transportation yeah. problem, it's kind of a mute point because you, we just don't have anywhere that could support a game's where the trolley currently goes no. or where the buses currently go. And the train system, I think that at one point I, I've heard from colleagues in the Tourism Authority, there was discussion to push forward on a direct nonstop from LA train, mm-hmm. which I think would be great. It's just, you know, how do you get all of the the entities in the right yeah. room at the right time to actually execute? And I think right. that's where sometimes we lose steam. Yeah, definitely. We need a direct to LAX. That's what we yeah, need. That right? would be amazing. Yeah, that so we don't have to amazing. go downtown LA to get to, that's right. to LAX as that's well. Right. So um, what do you working on right now that's super exciting for you? This process is my first, right, of this funding um, presentation. So I'm communicating with about 15 uh, entities that are applying for funding for the TMD. So we need to make sure that their applications look top notch and their Mm -hmm. budgets are online with what our expectations are. So there's a lot of pre-work to get to know them and it's exciting. That part is Mm -hmm. fun to help them achieve what they need in some cases to get an event off the ground. Mm -hmm. Uh, But then also to communicate to the board as to what to expect with these presentations and help them along, right, to be able to help ambassador. (laughs) Again, between the applying entity and then the board of director um, to understand what we can do to make sure that this is a great event for this use of funding. Mm-hmm. And so all of it's exciting because it's the first time I'm doing it. Sure. Um, and a little bit nerve wracking because yeah. it's all public. All these are open to the public. They yeah. can come anytime to watch. Uh, my role in those is really administrative and executing the flow of the meeting. But it's uh, it's a great process. And, yeah. you know, it's, it's a lot of money. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, a, it's a nice chunk of change to be able to really make sure we're going to invest in folks that can show us they can bring our return on investment. Are you seeing a commonality in pitches in terms of, are they sports driven? Are they craft beer driven music festival? Are you seeing? You just hit the three. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Have you been coming to the meeting? I might know a thing or two about the market. Yeah. Sports for sure. Um, There's quite a, probably of the, the, uh, we'll just just call it 15, Uh 16 that are presenting. I would say probably five are sports. uh, Two are beer. One is food and wine. Um, Music festivals. Um, Rugby Sevens is interested in coming uh-huh. back to town. Uh, they're talking to us. Uh, there's a few others that are Holiday Bowl that okay. I mentioned, but that falls into the sports. Yeah. But yeah, and, but those are those have great draws and they attack, yeah. attract teams from out of region, right? So right. that's the goal. How do you bring people to San Diego? Yes, definitely. Um, I one of the classes that I teach at um, San Diego Mesa College um, is a special events course, and I challenge my students. Their final project is to create an event that's currently missing from the marketplace. Mm, I would love it. That is um, that would um, encourage the drive of market, right? So your focus is, you know, LA, Vegas, yes. Phoenix, kind of that region. But what would drive that market to come to San Diego for something unique and different that's not currently in the marketplace? So yes. they can't take an existing event; they have to create something completely new. And so it's always fun. Um, 
every semester to sort of see what the students come up with. You oh, I'd know? love to be. I'd uh, love yeah. To hear. So this is like you need to now come mm-hmm. and and be the like the funder. I, I should I'd give you the it. imaginary like pot of money. Like now you could say, yes. listen, this is what we really do, and this is the criteria. That's what I need to get from you is your criteria. Well, so and that helps me reach my mission, right? I mean, yeah. you're reaching a, a student base. At your, I don't know how many students are in your, yeah. those classes, but they're going to then under, walk away knowing what the TMD is now because yeah. I can guarantee you that the majority of the populace wouldn't. Yeah. And that's just because there's not, it's maybe not as relevant in their day to day. But if you were in the hotel world and there's a lot of people in the hotel yeah. world and restaurant world here that benefit from act- action in hotel rooms, yeah. uh, hotel room night stays. Yeah. And I think we would really um, help get the support where we need it to be. Yeah, definitely. Uh, what would you say to yourself, just switching gears a little bit, which, which, when are there some times in your life when you think you should have made an ask that you didn't make? Oh, <laughs> oh goodness. I think, well, you hit a bell when you were saying, talking about negotiating your salary. Yeah. Um, I think I was incredibly patient for way too long. Oh, um, interesting. Yeah, I think you accept, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you, that seems to be a word that, you know, wow, I'm lucky enough to have this job and they're paying me this, but really in hindsight, I know what my colleagues of mm-hmm. the opposite sex are making. How do I navigate this? And I didn't, I didn't act on okay. it. Um, and it, you know, only until I had an opportunity to change a city, then, then do you have an opportunity to kind of drive an, the reason sure. as opposed to just walking in and saying, Hey, this isn't, this isn't equitable. Right. But that doesn't come easily. Yeah. Right. So that's an ask I should have made earlier in my career than I did. Um, is that prevalent in the hotel industry that men are paid more than women? I would, I would say because there's so few GMs, yep. probably, right? Okay. Because and a lot of them, uh, granted, no, I, I'm all for experience, right? Being a dictator, indictive sure. of, of your salary. And right. if you don't have years of a GM mm-hmm. role, you should probably not be paid as much as those that do. But if your responsibilities are the same mm-hmm. and your measurements are better or above average, mm-hmm. there should be some opportunity for dialogue that feels open as opposed to you have a lot of kind of nerve asking me this question, right? right? Like that's right. that feeling you get. Yeah. It's like, Oh my gosh, I'm stepping out of line. What, what am I doing? Right. And then you don't, I don't ask. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know enough to know if it's a huge gap. My gut would tell me there's probably a pretty sizable discrepancy. Yeah. How do, how did you learn how to negotiate for yourself? Hmm. I'm the oldest child, so I didn't actually have a lot of practice with my siblings because I was, I was, you know, setting the, the bar in terms of how to get away with things with mom and dad. Um, I, you know, I think it's, I don't know that I did a great job of it, honestly, until I was feeling, okay, now I'm at this point in my life, I'm X age, right? Yeah. I should feel a little more confident in what I've accomplished and just use that as my starting point. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think there could be a lot more done for female executives on how to do that effectively. Coursework mm-hmm. uh, online, you know, some some great sort of chat about where you should feel you're coming from with this and keeping it just it's not emotional, right? Yeah. It's just about what this position is or this piece of business is or whatever it might be. Right. Um, I think I have gotten stronger at it. Yeah. Um, I would say I'm not I'm not the greatest though. I, I could probably use some work. <laughs> Honestly, it's I, tough. I uh, I'm a big listener of podcasts, um, I, and so I was recently listening to um, Harvard Business Review. Um, I think it's women at women at work or women in work, um, and they did a whole thing about how women make decisions, hmm. and it was really fascinating to listen to the difference between how a man makes a decision and how a woman makes a decision. Yeah. And how much afterthought comes from that with that decision once the woman makes that decision. So the man will make a decision and be done. 
we move forward. The woman makes a decision, which probably took some collaboration before she got to that decision. And then she quite, she can't usually let go of that decision. You know, she's now doubting. Like, did I make the right decision? Did I? It was so fascinating I to listen to um, just these women talk about their process for making a decision and very high level, you know, general managers of hotels going, how do I make a decision? I'm a woman, but I'm also the leader of this, you know, incredible organization yes. and how easy or difficult it is for women to make decisions. It was really fascinating when you started to break it down. So just talking about negotiation, I think that's all kind of in that same realm of men probably don't, I know they don't, put the same level of emotion, energy into the negotiation that women do. A hundred percent. And I think that over my last few years in my role as GM, there was a lot of things that were thrown at me that were probably a little unexpected in terms of managing peers and other situations that were very emotionally draining for me. Mm to the point where I wasn't sleeping very well. And I I still remember some of those nights laying there for a couple hours thinking, why am I spending so much of my energy and my heart and my soul on something that no one else is even thinking about, right? right? But I couldn't check it. I couldn't figure out. But I think in a way it makes you a better person and leader because you do care. I mean, that's where it's coming from. It's not black and white. Not that men don't care when they make a fast decision. Of course they do in their own way. But I I find that sometimes the heart's too big and it's how do you check, again, check and balance, get that back in perspective. Absolutely. Um, I am not a big fan of um, like, what's my word of the year and all these kinds of things. Like I, I think that's great if that serves you, but like it doesn't serve me. Um, instead, I like to every day come up with what is my uh, my get, my give, and my gain. Mm. So my daily get would be, you know, if I'm trying to improve, you know, physical health, mental health, spiritual health, financial health, like what did I, what did I work on today, if you will, to improve myself? So that's my get. My, my give is where do I make a contribution, right? So I, I think at the end of the day, it's not necessarily about what we're grateful for, but which is important. Right. <laughs> um, but where did I, how did I serve today? Mm-hmm. Like how did, where was my contribution? Um, and then the final one is gain in terms of like, what did I do to better myself today? So for instance, I have this dream that I'm going to be fluent in Spanish. I actually should actually start <laughs> learning how to speak Spanish for that to happen. But so I try every night to do my little app on my iPad before I go you. to bed. Right. So that's kind of my yeah. personal gain. Um, so if I was to challenge you with like, what's your get given gain? Um, I'll even just weekly, like what, what are you working on in terms of what you're trying to get right now right. in terms of self-improvement or professional improvement? We'll okay. break it down for that's that fair. first. That's okay. fair. And first of all, good for you. Now you've set yeah. the bar really high. Now I'm going to think about this a lot. Um, it's funny. I had one of those semi-sleepless nights last night, but it wasn't work-related. It, and so I I decided that I need, for my get to improve myself is I need to be, and I did just turn 50, so I feel like that's a good reason to, okay. you know, sort yeah. of reset, yes. if you will. Yes. Um, I, to get, I'm going to get some um, mental peace by not worrying about things that I can't control. Okay. So that's something I'm really trying hard to do. It's not, it's not easy. Yeah. I'm def- definitely not the person that can just say, Oh, no problem. Yeah. I, I'm just going to roll with it. And cause right. it won't be true. Right. So that's a, is that, is that yeah. qualified yep. as a, yep. 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 Okay. um, and professionally, I think that kind of can qualify, but, um, I think I want to be able to feel 
like I am making an impact in this role while I'm in this role. I mean, I don't have a, a lifespan in it. I can probably, if long as knocking wood here, can uh, fulfill this duty and, and be excited to do it um, as long as they'll have me. But I, I want to be able to make sure I'm staying connected and maybe improving myself. Um, you just talked about negotiation. I don't mm-hmm. attend a lot of professional, I don't listen to a lot of podcasts currently, mm-hmm. and maybe that has to do with four and six year old. But I could make time for that. But I that. bet you know the words to baby shark. That's right. <laughs> right. I mean, I think um, that I need to carve out some professional development time um, to be able to really help yeah. me feel connected. Because as I said, I'm a little more isolated mm-hmm. in this role and you don't want those skills to, to, to dull in any yeah. way. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I'm asked to speak at a university or go and participate in those things, I love it. It kind yeah. of reinvigorates me. Sure. So seeking more of those opportunities out okay. than I have currently. And what's your gift? How do you contribute? Are you involved with nonprofits? Or, I mean, I know you're obviously raising two strong men, so that's, that's truly a contribution. But what else is kind of fills your soul? That's right. I, um, you know, I haven't been as active um, as I have in the past. You know, years ago, and it's been too long now, I did serve as a, um, a rape crisis hotline counselor. Mm-hmm. And I look at that experience um, as a life-changing perspective-basing yeah. moment, right? Yeah. And so to find something, and I know you do some similar work mm-hmm. um, with this SDPD, yeah. um, I need to find something now um, to reinvigorate that yeah. sort of part of me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, certainly teaching the kids about um, how why food banks are important. And I, I do seek out those as they yeah. pop up, but it's yeah. not a consistent mm-hmm. gi- sure. um, give. Yeah. So I think that's where, if I have like sort of a, a plan yeah. and carving out a need for that, I think those, I was trained in it so I could continue to do sure. it with some brushing up. Yeah. Um, that was in a really intense but important role yeah. to play. Yeah. Good. It's awesome. Yeah. So now you're going to think about your, your get. Thank you. Your gain, I mean, your I get, love those. Your give. I love yep. those. Exactly. So you remember Now that. I'm going to be held accountable by whoever yeah. <laughs> listens to this. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, um, like our time is going so fast. That's I feel okay. like this I is super easy. That's great. Go yes. Ahead. Okay. But I always end every podcast um, with some rapid fire questions. Oh boy. So these are just super fun. Okay. So don't give this a lot of thought. Okay. Okay. <laughs> like you, I know you can edit me too. Right? Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. This is just super fun. Like don't stress. So um, what do you think the title of your lifetime movie would be? Woman on the Edge. Woman on the Edge. Okay, great, 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 great. Um, if you could change places with any celebrity right this minute, who would it be? Oh, um, oh my gosh. Lady Gaga. I love it. Talk about reinvention. Yes. Right? She was brilliant in that movie. She was I'm brilliant. I'm still kind of obsessed with the soundtrack. Yeah. And Bradley Cooper would not be a bad coaster. That was kind of amazing. And <laughs> like, I knew that that's how that movie was going to end. It still destroyed me. I know. Like I was really wrecked oh, yeah. after that. Yeah. It was, yeah, no, I agree. That was really, really great. Um, when do you feel happiest? Mm. When my to-do list is very light. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can focus on being present. Like that, it doesn't happen a lot. Honestly, I mean, that, that makes it sound really <laughs> depressing. That's not what I mean. I just, I feel happiest and I'm at peace with just everything that's happening. It's usually on a Sunday morning. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, let's just say Sunday morning. Yeah. Perfect. If you were running for politics, what would be your biggest campaign promise? To move something forward. <laughs> yeah. To actually get something done. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what that would be right now, yeah. but I, can, I only can think of local politics. Um, yeah. So... Uh, I just think to get something done. Yeah. Yeah. Good. 
ultimate dinner party, who do you invite for guests? It can be anyone. Like, living, dead, real, fictional, doesn't matter. Um, I would say you would have to have... I'd have to have Hillary Clinton there mm-hmm. because I think it would just be a fire starter for the conversation. <laughs> um, Robin Williams. Okay. Um, probably my sister because I like to do everything with her. Okay. When I can. And that's all female. Uh, two, okay, so I, need, I feel like I need balance. <laughs> Let's see. Um, let's... Um, Gandhi. Excellent. Excellent. Because there are various people. I mean, I, I, regardless of political preference and things like that, I think intelligence, spirit, humor, Mm -hmm. all of those things are so important. And a dinner party is kind of a lot more exciting when you can have at least some strength in that. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Love it. Right this minute, you have to get a tattoo. What do you get and why? (laughs) Um... I would probably get my son's names. Okay. Um, for obvious reasons. Obvious reasons. Right. Yep. Biggest pet peeve in business? Lack of follow-up. Mm-hmm. What do you wish for the next generation? Oh, to know how to play outside. Uh, yes. Yes. I, I, it, it terrifies me. Mm-hmm. It really, it's so, and I'm still at an age with my kids that I can prevent yeah. a lot of uh, technology. I mean, I, and I don't want to look at it as a negative because it has advanced us in sure. so many ways. But if you don't have some exposure to what was before, we're going to lose it forever. Absolutely. So no, well said. When does your light shine the brightest? After a girls weekend. Oh, I love it. And what is your big ask currently, either personally or professionally, that we can help you with? Hmm. My, <laughs> I guess because I turned 50 recently, I can't stop sort of obsessing, and that's my word, about a lack of time. Okay. And I think because I have young children. Yeah. Is how to keep that in perspective. Okay. Sort of like I feel like the the, set, the hourglass is flipped yep. on me, and there's no we have no gifts of time we don't sure. know right. Sure. But it is a recurring thought of mine on a daily basis. That how do I stop worrying so much about that? Right. Does, is that an, yeah. that's an ask? Yeah. It's like how do I do that? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. It's it's I don't mean to be dark and it's yeah. not a, but it's it's um. It's a, it is. It's something I'm, I've started to talk to some of my girlfriends that are mm-hmm. of similar ages about it. Um, and I think that's, it keeps you balanced, you know, to the place where you, you want as much time as you can. Of course. Uh, for, for health and wellness and all of those things. But to make a, a great impact, I seem to be going there in my head a lot about yeah, how do I get these messages across at this point in life? Yeah. I, you know, you don't know how long. Right. I don't know how long. So I actually, I actually struggle, if I'm completely honest, um, every time my parents have a birthday. Because I know that that's limiting the yeah. time. You know, my dad just turned 72 and he's very healthy and, yes. you know, very Great. sound mind and very active and I'm very blessed. Um, but there won't be 72 more years, 
you know, and, and I think the same with my mom too. And that, oh, that bothers me when he turned 70, I've, I felt that what I think yes. what you're describing for him, right. I, I, not for him. He would say, I've, I've had a great life. Right. Like, don't be sorry for me. Sure. I, I think selfishly for me, I realized that, you know, I won't have 70 more years, Right. you know, so. And I don't know what, why that switched. Yeah. I don't know what, it wasn't so much about, I wasn't one of those people freaking about turning 50 right. and that's whatever it is, what it is. Yeah. But it's just, I can't shake it. Yeah. It's like a, a weird, and maybe it's just calling attention to being present in the moments that you have. Sure. And maybe it's about not sweating the stuff that you shouldn't sweat. Yeah. And maybe it all ties into my earlier get, yeah. get right? Is yeah. how do I, how do I get that just in the day for the day and yeah. not stress so much about what might be coming? Um, yeah. But you know, and other than that, I mean, I professionally, I'm in a great place. I feel fortunate to have this role and be learning about what I'm learning mm-hmm. about because ultimately, if I do go back to a hotel environment, um, this will just enhance right. the, the knowledge of this market in particular, but I could take this sort of experience anywhere sure, to help absolutely. someone develop one. And I know um, also that your girlfriends are very important to you. You yes. have a very strong female you know, tribe. Um, I, I, I see what you all get up to on, on the social, <laughs> social, on the social media. media. Yes. Um, but I think, you know, I think that that's, I, um, shouldn't be discounted as how much that is important to you as well. And it, probably what a contribution that makes to your life and how important that is to have so that much. support. That's not your husband. It's not your professional colleagues. Yeah. It's just your girls. That's right. You, you know? need, you need that balance. And I think a lot of those girls that you see us traveling in a squad are all Omni girls. We yeah. all, t- we all came up together at that hotel and I think various age ranges. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm the oldest by a mile of all of them, but we have developed a great, unique shared experience yeah. and some of, you know, raising kids at similar ages, yeah. even though I got a late start. Um, and it is, it, it really, that's why I said, how do you feel when your light shines the brightest? I mean, that's, yeah. that's a, that's a release. Like there really isn't, mm-hmm. um, anywhere else when mm-hmm. you can really just know you're with a group that yeah. loves you and supports yeah. you and experiences the same as you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think your light shines very bright when I'm in the room with you. So thank you for spending um, this morning with me and sharing your wisdom and your experiences and your big asks, because that's, um, it's important that we all tell our story, right? So thank you for taking the time to tell your story. So it was wonderful. Yeah. Thanks, Colleen. Okay. Okay. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Big Ass Podcast. Like what you heard? Subscribe to and share the podcast with your friends. And be sure to connect with me on social at Miss Nicole Matthews or at Big Ass Podcast. Until next time, let today be the day you make a big ask. Big Ass.